0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Into the Fogcast Podcast. So in this week's episode, we are going to be talking about the hag. Hag is someone I do play quite a lot, and I do really enjoy her. But before we get into that, let's say hello to Topher. How are you today, Tofa? Hey, everyone. I'm doing great. Thank you very much for asking. How are you doing, Jamie? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Um, been a bit of a crazy week, but there we go. So before we start talking about the hag... I want to talk a little bit about MMR and how it's affected me and playing with the hag so for me she's up there with Freddy on my most most used killers and with MMR being quite high for both of them I'm really struggling because I don't play killer that much I suppose that's just one of the reasons but it's still fun you know from time to time despite the uh high MMR but you know there are a few things that I've learned from this interview that I'm definitely going to be uh I'm definitely going to be playing the hag a little bit more because I do like her and I've got that many cakes on her as well. I think I've got over 120 cakes. Um, so, yeah, I just want to learn a little bit more about her, to be honest. And, you know, when I do play the Hag, I have been running a Gen Slowdown build. Basically, it consists of, like, Ruin and Dying. Um, sometimes I take Tinkerer, or sometimes I take devour it, it just depends. But I always take Franklins. Now, if anybody knows from previous episodes, I love my Franklins. And with the hag, you definitely need Franklin's because flashlights are just a big problem. Um, Survivors just constantly want to try and trip the traps or just use the flashlight to kill the trap off. And with an endless amount of people now who just want to bully you and macro with their flashlights to get them to chase you, they're just on the rise. But despite that, my build was working very well for a period of time, but now I'm getting to that stage where I'm just, like, really struggling. But I'm sure... If I change my build up, I might improve. I mean, there's numerous new perks out there now, which are probably will help, especially some of the uh, scourge hook ones. So I might start using some of them. So how I normally place my traps, you know, I try and place them in high traffic areas around corners or even like in the middle of the LT walls on around the loops because they're always going to get chased around those walls. I mean, you're not, you're not supposed to chase with a hag, but in my opinion, sometimes you've just got to certain situations. So, yeah, put them in the middle of the loops and get the most out of them. And most of the time, you know, when they do step on them, you normally get the hit, uh, replace the trap, and then just carry on with the chase. But I try not to go too far away from my web. Um, Otherwise, I just have to backtrack and just stay around my traps. It's far better because like, like I said, you don't chase with Hag. She's not a chase killer unless you're using a chase build, but yeah. So yeah, like I said earlier, Hag isn't meant to chase. So I would avoid it as best you can unless you really have to, you know, say there's one or two players left. Um, But if you do, you better, better not stray too far away from your 3-gen or your web or whatever you're trying to protect. Also, I don't find that teleporting to your traps is always the best option to do as well. Sometimes if you're chasing someone and a trap goes off, unless there's a good chance that you're not going to get the down, I would teleport. Otherwise, just carry on with the chase and just ignore it. You can always replace them later on and there's going to be many traps that get tripped anyway. So, yeah, just just try and carry on and just get into the chase and stay in your 3 gen or your web. Otherwise, the survivors will just keep setting them off and you're just being a never-ending teleporting chase and not actually hitting anybody. But other than that, that's all I've got to say about the hag. Like I said, she's a very good killer. In my opinion, I would say she's a top of the B tier. Um, but she's been there from the start and she's got some really good perks as well. All of her hex perks are pretty decent. So, yeah, uh, just play her. Just give her a chance what about you, Tofa? What's your opinion on the Hag?
1: Well, I have little to no experience playing as Hag myself. Um, I only played her at the start of my DVD journey to unlock Hex Ruin when it was Old Ruin, and that was about it. And I only did that because I was recommended to by the people I was playing it with at the time. Uh, her POV is way too low for my liking. I found that out with Sadako as well when I when I played her for a while when she came out. Because um, I'm I'm much more used to the like the regular height killers or the taller killers. For the most part, her slower moving speed really puts me off too. Um, I'm just awful at teleporting to a trap and being able to get an instant hit on a survivor in time because I just it goes off. My reaction time isn't too great for that. I think the only times I've had success with her is if I'm against a group of mostly solo survivors. Hag uh, can decimate a group of uncoordinated survivors, but it's she's really at the mercy of a good squad of a three or a four man swift. It only takes one survivor following you around and shouting out where you're trapping up, and a single flashlight to just ruin my time. I've had no, I've got no build to share unfortunately. Um, I just, as I said, I've got at a 50 first killer. I leveled up, so I only have her own perks and a bunch of um, uh, the universal perks like no ed and um, spies, whispers, all that sort of stuff. But if I If I had the Luxury of Perks, I gave it some thought. I would probably take Corrupt because even though I don't play a lot of Hag, I know that she's very weak to early game rushes. So Corrupt will help slow the beginning of the game down so you can set some traps. Barbecue because I'm a glutton for blood points and being able to get some oral reading is great because you can hook someone, have a little look around. Um, You can see, oh, there's one person not at my traps, another person not at the traps. Oh, there's a third person but she's close to my traps. I'll probably go and chase over there and she'll be more likely to fall into a trap in the chase. Deadlock, because I feel that can get some good value um, with her sort of slow moving speed and keep the gems under control. And probably also Franklin's as well. I don't like Franklin's as a perk. I think it's kind of a waste of a perk slot in almost every killer, except for Hag. Um, Hag is the only killer I'd like to take Franklin's just to trap any items that survivors bring. Um, when they get dropped and then just setting a trap on them so they stay out of their hands for longer and as long as possible especially if it's a
0: flashlight because those flashlights are very problematic so for somebody that doesn't really play hag at all that's really really insightful so like when I'm going against the hag and I don't go I don't go against many of the hags either because there's not that many people playing hag not now not not now there's more killers around but you know back in the day you see a handful of them and Like, I think the only real perk that can really counter the hag really is like urban evasion. I mean, be as stealthy as possible, urban around, and you're more than likely going to get the chance to get them off the hook before they can, the hag can teleport over if you stay crouched. And other than that, flashlights, if hopefully they haven't got Franklins. Like I said, I don't really go against the hag too much, so I haven't really got much experience um just look out for a traps like sometimes as well when someone's on a hook what the hag does is normally places a trap by the hook then downs them puts them on the hook and then walks away and then you think that there's no trap there so if the person on the hook especially if you're a swiffing, person on the hook can let you know where the trap might be at least you can outplay it just stay away from high traffic areas as well yeah, that that's that's about it. Like I said, I don't go against Penny Hags. What about you?
1: Hag is one of those killers I just really don't like going against. Nothing. There's not many killers out there that really instill um, a sense of dread and exhaustion at the start of a game when I find out it's a Hag. Um, I don't. Fortunately, I don't see a lot of them around. But also, unfortunately, I don't see a lot of them around. So I don't really get the opportunity to like learn some techniques against her learn how to loop them too effectively all i really do is i just loop like i would a regular killer if she sets a trap at a pallet or a window to lock it off i'll just run off and make my way to another safeish loop and just keep repeating that process and i have to just hope that there's a pallet in the next loop along that hasn't already been dropped by a survivor that's on my team i oftentimes run windows of opportunity anyway because i feel it helps me a lot with looping any killer knowing what pallets are and aren't around and where to run to. A lot of the time it's normally just a teammate that lets things get out of control though, whether it be me on a hook and no one coming for me in time because they have to crouch a good chunk of the way just in case to set off traps and they don't take that into account when they're coming for the save. Or just right out not thinking and setting traps off at my hook and then it brings the hag back to the hook and then it's chasing them away or or downing them if they're already injured. It's normally a random member in the group who does this rather than a swift member, as comms are basically one of the hag's weakest points. Being able to call out where. Being able to call out what spots are trapped and which are safe is a big advantage that can cripple the hag. But again, we don't see many hags around, and I think that's mainly because of how big the roster is getting for Killer. There's a lot more killers on the roster now that people play, Um, even if they do play the same sort of three, four, or five killers. Hag just doesn't get
0: much of a shine nowadays. So now that we've just given our opinion on the Hag, let's hear from someone who plays on a regular basis and has an impressive win streak of over 300 wins so far. So enjoy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Into the Fogcast podcast. Today, we have another guest. So please, guest, tell us who you are and who you main.
2: Hi, so I'm Grey from Grey's Tavern, and I am a Hag main. So Hag is someone
0: that I've been playing quite a lot. And I think I'm pretty high MMR with her. Since I seem to be going up a lot against sweaty squads. And I'm also finding
2: her hard to put down. But what do you enjoy playing about her? What I like about Hag is that ultimately she's the most accessible killer in the game. You don't have to have really fast reaction speeds. You don't have to have like a crazy powerful computer or anything else. She doesn't take thousands and thousands of hours to master every little blink like nurse or things like that. Her entire power is who can outthink who. So as long as you can start thinking with how people play and how people move, anybody can master her. Anybody at all. And that's what I love about her more than anything else. Well, thank you for coming onto the show, Gray. It's great to have
1: you here. Let's start with your build. If you were playing to win and you wanted to be as efficient as possible, what would your go-to perk build be? And can you run us through the synergy of the perks and the killer's power?
2: So I actually play for win streaks. So I, I my default build is a build I run to play to win. And my default build is Corrupt uh, Intervention from Plague, Franklin's from Bubba or the Cannibal, um, No-Ed or no one Gives death and Starstruck from Trickster. The reason I use those perks is I have found over a couple hundred hours, that they work better than anything else. So the mentality there is they don't actually have a lot of synergy, but they all work independently to create specific effects that help hack. Uh For example, uh, Corrupt actually pushes people into you early, which a lot of hag players don't think is a good thing. They want to build up their web. But the problem with that is having somebody on hook at five gens is a lot more valuable than having somebody on hook at one. They don't have time to sit and let them hang and try and work on generators while you're fighting back and forth with them if you have somebody on hook at four or five generators versus say one or two. So getting people push into you earlier allows you to start building that pressure earlier in the game and prevents them from just immediately deleting generators early on. On top of that, especially on some of the larger maps, Corrupt can actually secure a 3-gen for you on the other side of a map. Now that means you're setting up in an area that the survivors can't really do anything about, but it also prevents you from losing those generators before you can kind of lock them down. Um, Franklin's is a bit of a lethality perk for Hag in that it strips away medkits and toolboxes, so you don't have to about things like Sabo and healing as much. And on top of that, it also creates what are called anchor points, places that a survivor wants to go to that they have a limited time to go back to. So... Trapping people's items or trapping the areas that they would have to go to to get back to their items can often get you hits or downs against players who want to go back. Also, flashlights can break hag traps, so taking those away from survivors does make your life significantly easier as a hag player. Um, Noed is uniquely good against with hag because the big thing with Noed is that, unlike other killers, it's hard to prevent. Now, normally you can go around and break all of the, the doll totems before the match even ends if you want to, or kind of mentally map out where they all are and then quickly look for Noad at the end of the game. But because of the way totem spawns work, there's almost always going to be one totem spawn inside of Hag's web. Whether that's a doll or at the end of the game it's the noed totem, it is incredibly dangerous and difficult to go in and try and get that totem gone. So even if you break the other three or four totems on the map, no, it's still likely to go off, and now Hag is a one-shot killer that can trigger and teleport to wherever you are as you're trying to flee her web. Because you've just finished the last generator, which would have been in her web, and now you have to get out of her web against a 116% mooseby killer that can insta-down. Very, 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 very powerful for endgame content for Hag, which is normally her weakness. Now, Starstruck is the last perk, and it's kind of the... It's my call to fame. It's a perk I use on her that I don't see a lot of other people use and I advocate heavily for it. A common counterplay to Hag is to run around and break all of her traps when she's carrying someone. Just completely destroy her web as a team so that she doesn't have time to kind of regain control of the area. Starstruck A makes that very dangerous because now anything that was within 24 meters of her in any direction is now exposed. Again, that one shot down threat. On top of that, you start running around breaking your traps, she'll just drop the person she was carrying teleporting down you. So, again, it, it kind of eliminates that gameplay. Also, can't body block. It also makes going for flashlight saves incredibly risky. I, I have multiple instances where someone has gone for that flashlight save, got starstruck. Even if they get the save, they end up t- getting uh, downed trying to leave by hitting a trap. So, no rushed on hooks, no, makes flashlight saves dangerous um additionally the biggest thing with hag is hag puts you on a clock her strength is making you go places you don't want to go faster than you want to go there people on hooks generators regressing items decaying on the ground from franklin's anything that puts you on a clock now with starstruck if she hooks you no one can come save you immediately because you're exposed it's very dangerous if you try it often ends in you know the game ending right there and then So anybody who's close by has to leave, which means someone from the other side of the map has to come over and try and save. So that's slowdown. That person has to get off a generator to come save because no one else can do it while they're nearby. Now, if everybody was close, especially on a smaller map like the game, that's 30 seconds where no one's gonna try and save because they don't want to risk going down and trading at the hook with the exposed effect. Now, that's half a hook state right there. Whether that's going into second stage or going towards death, you now only have 30 seconds to go from wherever you were to the hook, get the person unhooked, and escape, all without setting off a trap. You don't have a lot of time, especially if the hag is actively patrolling the area. This often means that survivors are forced to either trade at the hook because they simply don't have time to move slowly so they end up hitting a trap, or the person ends up going second stage or even dying on hook because... No one's able to save them. Or they try and save, hit a trap at the edge of the web, get hit, have to run away, and no one is able to get into the hook before hitting a trap and getting injured and having to run away. So the person ends up dying on hook. It's very, very, very powerful on Hag and solves a lot of her problems. See, I've never never
0: thought of Starstruck like that. No one does. No one does. (laughs) A lot of people seem to use uh, Make Your Choice.
2: I'm not a big fan of Make Your Choice because Make Your Choice implies you let them unhook and we're also 40 meters away at all times. Whereas with Starstruck, I don't have to let you unhook. I'm just going to down absolutely everyone who tries to come save you. And now instead of having you get unhooked and I have one person exposed who's probably going to try and crouch out and try not to set up any traps and play very, very immersive. I have two, three people exposed and someone on the hook and the the potential to snowball the entire game right there and then. I've finished games at four or five generators with everybody slugged on the ground because of single Strike exposed. Okay, so now that you've just run through your perk build,
0: do you have any other perk builds in case people don't have certain killers unlocked? Like, for example,
2: some of the free ones, or even ones you can just get with shards. So, if you have no killers at all, other than the base ones in Hag, the build I rec- would recommend would be Sloppy Butcher, Jolt, Noed, and Rune from Hag herself. Alternatively, if you really don't like Rune because of hexes and the RNG involved there, you can run Iron Grasp. Um, the benefit of that build is it's a lot of slowdown with Noed to kind of pick up your endgame power. Um, obviously we already talked about know above so that's kind of done there but that'll allow you to again kind of extend the game as best you can so that those moments where you have people on a clock are more valuable it's not ideal but it's the best with free with the base perks now if you're only sticking to free killers i absolutely 100 percent recommend your first killer be plague so you can get corrupt uh, so you can get corrupt intervention Corrupt Intervention is probably one of the best killer perks in the game currently on any killer, um, and specifically on Hag because of the whole clock mechanism of her playstyle. Alternatively, you can also pick up uh, Starstruck from Trickster for, as I've just said, I think it's legitimately one of her better perks. Most of my games, even if nobody has an item, I'm basically playing with Corrupt and Starstruck and killing everybody with just those. So if you can get those two perks and learn to use them, and they're both from fl- free characters, you're already setting yourself up for victory.
1: Right. So everyone just wants to have fun and let their hair down from time to time. But um, what do you do when you're playing the game for fun? What do you do for a perk build um, that you would consider fun? Like any meme builds that you might like to share? Because I personally, I don't, I can't really think of any meme
2: builds for Hag. So if you've got any you'd like to
1: share, I'd love to hear them.
2: So the wonderful thing about Hag is that she almost has meme builds built in <laughs> with her add-ons. Uh, you have add-ons like Waterlog Shoe, which take away her ability to teleport, but instead she moves at 114.5% move speed and her traps cause a 9% hindered effect. So you can build a chase Hag using Waterlog Shoe. Um, it it, just, it throws people off because people still react to your traps as though you're going to teleport to them. <laughs> So you combine things like Waterlog Shoe with either uh, her aura reading add-ons so that when they hit a trap, not only are they slowed, but you can see which direction they're going. So you can mind game inside of loops and you're actually fast enough to to run loops traditionally. Or you can also run Body Blocker Hag with Scarred Hand where you, again, cannot teleport, but now your traps physically block people from passing through them. So you can take your traps on maps like uh, RPD. Uh, it's, it's just tons of fun to trap hallways and stuff and see survivors try and go down them and get stuck and they can't figure out why they can't go anywhere because <laughs> again it's nobody uses these add-ons they're very very rarely done because they're not the best but they're funny little mean things and not a lot of hag players are typically memers to be fair now you can combine both of these add-ons together to be a 114.5% moose be killer with 9% hindered traps that body block anyone who tries to get past them. <laughs> um Outside of the, the Hague-specific ones, you get a lot more into things like uh, backpack builds. So Agitation, Iron Grasp, uh, Mad Grit, and Starstruck, where you just kind of down somebody, pick them up. And then the point of the build is to try to down someone else while you were carrying the first person. And you can't hook anybody until you down somebody while carrying someone. So you 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 down someone, you pick them up. You use that person as your backpack to try and down somebody else. If you down somebody else, you hook the person you were carrying, pick up the new person, and keep going. And the objective of the little mini-game of this build is to try to always down someone while carrying someone until you you have everybody on a hook except for the last person that you then down and hook, since you've got no one else to backpack carry. It's a fun little self-challenge. It's harmless. It doesn't require any slugging or camping or anything else, like tunneling, anything that survivors typically don't like. And it just looks hilarious watching Hag just swing like every, you know, one second. (laughs) Difficult but fun.
0: (laughs) So this is going to depend on the perks that you use. But with any killer, you like to use the same set of add-ons. What works well together? What would you recommend people use? And what would you say is worth avoiding?
2: So Hag's strongest add-ons... In any combination, in any uh, use with anything else at all, are going to be her range add-ons. Now, specifically when reading the add-ons, you are looking for effective range, not trap trigger radius. Um, The ability to increase the area that you threaten is... It's just, it's simply better than anything else you could possibly do. A lot of people think Rusty Shackles, which are the add on that allow you to not have your trap give any indication they set off, are her best one. But they're really not. Ultimately, range is the most powerful thing she gets, especially because it is a radius. So something like Dried Cicada, which is her Green Rage add on, takes her base teleport range from 40 meters to 52. That means instead of threatening an 80 meter diameter area, you threaten a 104 meter diameter area. To put that in perspective, if Basement spawns in the middle of Ormond, you can teleport to Basement from almost anywhere on the map. Or if you are in Midwich, you can teleport from one corner of Midwich almost to the other corner on the opposite floor. Having those range add-ons is just better than anything else. That being said, Her other add-ons that are good would be things like Rusty Shackles. They're phenomenal for grabs. They're great for catching people off guard or setting speed because you cannot teleport if you're in an animation lock. And because of the way your traps trigger any delay at all can be enough to make it so that you're not able to teleport and still get the hit. So things like your trap setting speed add-ons that allow you to set your traps quicker are very, very valuable. Um, those would be the probably the ones I would say are the best as far as add-ons to avoid. There's obviously for meme add-ons unless you're trying to meme. But you do not want to use trap trigger radius add-ons on basically any circumstances. The reason for this is what they actually do is they expand the radius from the center of the trap that you draw that will set off if people get close. So how far away they have to be before they'll set the trap off. The problem with this is that by hitting it farther away from the center where you appear you can actually get to the point where they trigger the trap and even if they stand still they are too far away for you to swing and hit. There's virtually no benefit to this and the add-on is so bad that it would actually be a good add-on if they completely reverse the effect. (laughs) It's actively harmful to you as a Hag player to use those add-ons. Now, currently, they don't work at all. They're, They're bugged and they don't work at all currently. But generally, just never, ever, ever, ever use them for any reason.
0: Yeah, I think I remember using one of them when I first started playing Hag. And then I didn't realize until somebody mentioned it in the game chat that it was an absolute useless perk. And I was thinking at the time I was putting on range, but clearly I weren't. Okay, so when going into a match, what strategy do you use, or does it depend on the
2: map and perks? So generally, Hag tries to play for a three or four gen. Um, It's where her strength lies. She's not She doesn't have the speed to patrol an entire map or get around a lot of large areas. So you typically want to find an area that you want to lock down and go there early. Now, that doesn't typically change with a lot of maps but where you choose to defend can so for example on maps like dead dog saloon the generator in the saloon is incredibly difficult to protect as almost any killer in the game other than say nurse so typically as killer no matter who you're playing you just annex that generator you just go i I don't care about that generator i'm not going to go anywhere near it hag's no different except you start looking at generators that are on say, by themselves in corners of the map or are spread very far apart from everywhere else and they're not worth defending. Some maps, like Mother's Dwelling, with how big they are, you typically go to the main building and you lock down the main building and you lock down the two closest generators. Now, an exception would be if two generators outside of Mother's are close to each other, you would hold the main building and then hold those two, even if another generator was closer to main building than those two. This allows you to make your web long but thin rather than kind of spread out wider. It's still beneficial ultimately. But generally speaking, you're you're looking for ha- any kind of generator spread that you can have either say in a corner of a map or a very tight spread that's preferably triangular, not linear. Um, Linear just means they hit traps and run away on both ends. That's why uh, auto uh, gas haven is such a terrible map for Hag. And in a perfect world, you get a three gen spawn in the corner of a map like on dead dog, where you go to the gallows and you lock down the three gen that spawns on that map every single time. And you basically annex the entire map. You don't care about anything that is not that corner of the map at all everyone has a playstyle they like to stick to and most of the time it
1: works well for them. But do you like to change your playstyle based on how the survivors play or do you
2: just stick to your own thing? So because I typically play for win streaks, I try to play in what I believe to be the strongest way to play Hag, which is to lean as heavily as you can on her trap setting mechanic. I typically won't chase for very long and I have actually walked past survivors that were not maybe... 10 or 14 meters away from me and not chase them because it wasn't worth my time to go after them. Um. So a lot of people, when they're playing Hag, they like to try to build her to complement her weaknesses, like cover her weaknesses, rather than playing off of her strengths. So a lot of people will play a stealthy Hag build so that they can kind of sneak up on people since Hag's not very good at chase. Or they'll run... Tons and tons and tons of slowdown and generator control with things like Pop Goes the Weasel so that they can hold that 3-gen basically no matter what happens. But I found ultimately that's not necessary. Um, I don't typically change how I play because I found the best way to play her is to maximize everything you can do with her power. A lot of the counterplay options and problems that people have as hag-facing skilled survivors can be played around by just using your traps properly. So now that boon totems have been
0: released, most killer mains are not happy with them, and they're overpowered. Now, I know that um, Circle of Healing is getting a bit of a nerf in the next patch, but they can be very oppressive so let's start with the totem spawns. What do you think to the totem spawns
2: and how do you think they can be improved? So I know this is an unpopular opinion, but I don't actually have a problem with totem spawns. Um, hex perks in general are meant to be very high risk, high reward. They're very powerful when they work and absolutely useless when they don't. Now, if you improve totem spawns, you're also actually improving boon spawns as well. And that I don't think is worth the trade-off at all. Um, and additionally, I just... I I think hexes are fine the way they are. they are. They're not meant to be something that is consistent and strong. In a typical match, they're only meant to last, you know, two or three minutes before they get found and destroyed. Now, I do have a problem with Boons specifically, and that's basically that Undying got nerfed because Behavior decided that... Having four survivors have to break up to five totems was too hard. But it's fine for one killer to have to break unlimited boons. I My issue with boons ultimately is that they're basically have Undying baked in. And I think the solution isn't to improve hex spawns or totem spawns in general. It's simply to add the line to every boon that simply says... This perk is disabled for the remainder of trial when, this boon, when the corresponding boom is snuffed, i.e. make them just like hexes. You can choose where it goes, which is a strength, that's why it's not map-wide, but the trade-off is once it's destroyed, it's gone, just like a hex. Which is, I think, what a lot of people thought was going to be from launch, and what a lot of people think would be the fair way to put them. Well, you've been playing Hag
1: for quite some time now, and you've got a lot of wins under your belt, you've got a very impressive win streak with her as well Uh, but what would you say your best moments were
2: while playing hag honestly my losses hag is more than capable of playing against very very good survivors and beating the vast majority of survivors that do not know specifically how to play against hag even one player who doesn't know can cause the entire team to fall apart so the games that i actually lose those are the ones where i can kind of look back and go okay what did i do wrong did they make a mistake i didn't capitalize on was my build the problem was did i place traps incorrectly did i defend the wrong area so honestly the matches i enjoy the most and get the most out of and help me learn and be better at hag have been the ones i lose and i think that's something that a lot of people would benefit to look back on as killers is look at the games you lost look at what you could have done better and maybe you won't lose next time and then you can take pride in the fact that hey i didn't make that same mistake i've gotten better i now won this game and i can recognize when i didn't make the mistake and know that's because i learned
0: so now that you've
2: mastered hag what advice would you give to new players or even your past self so the advice I give absolutely everyone anytime anybody asks me about learning HAG is the same as always. Learn Survivor. HAG is entirely about understanding and predicting where survivors are going to go and how they are going to react to different things around the map. Which generators are done, uh, items dropped in the game from Franklin's, people on hook, who's injured, who's not, which map you're on, that your HAG. Understanding how people think is fundamentally what HAGS power is. If you can understand what people are going to do, there's nothing that can stop you.
1: With all the jungle gyms, the LT walls, your
2: long walls, Killer Shack, uh, do you have a favorite tile that you like to play? So I've got a bit of a funny answer to this one. My favorite tile is none. Um, and, and let me explain. So... There are actually 11 different ways to use Hag Traps that I've been able to figure out thus far. (laughs) Um, Two of them that I've coined are called Heat Traps and Anchor Traps. Now, Heat Traps are traps that are not in a traditional tile, but they're placed in high traffic areas. A really easy example of this is on the map Shelter Woods, the massive tree in the middle of the map. There's there's no pallets, there's no windows, there's nothing near there. But because it's in the center of the map and it's a line of sight blocker, survivors very often will path around the tree as they move around the map, because it's just the most effective way to get around. So if you place a trap on both sides of the tree, depending on the area you're defending, you'll very often have survivors trigger those traps as they're trying to get away from your web or as they're moving around the map. This can get you downs and free pressure from hits, And it's just by placing traps in a place that people typically are going to travel that are not necessarily in a tile. Now, anchor traps are a bit harder to visualize. Essentially, an anchor trap is a trap that normally would be terrible. Uh, It can be a trap that's between two trees or even totally in the open cornfields of Coldwind. The thing is, they're not random traps. Anchor traps are traps that gain value because of the state of the game. So based on where someone is hooked, which gens are done, wh- where the nearby tiles are, all of these things influence how people move around the map. Anger traps make use of fully understanding how survivors will move in order to trap, place a trap that only gets value because of survivors trying to navigate the map against the hag. Uh, my favorite example of this is um, I was making a hag guide and I pulled... Um, a mod from my chat in basically just going to go into customs because I just needed somebody to be there while I recorded. And my mod Aces did this for me. At one point, while I was trying to demonstrate anchor traps, we went to Shelter Woods just because it was an easy map to do it on. And I told them to go across the entire map, go get on a generator. And I told him, we're going to pretend that a hook, a specific hook, had a survivor on it. Now, at this point, he's been recording with me for like 16, 17 hours. He's seen every trap I've placed. He's listened to me ramble on for literally like almost a day at this point. I told him to try and go for the unhook, knowing I'm Hag, knowing everything he's learned from just kind of listening in as we've been playing. And, you know, the fact he does play Survivor. I placed one trap, just one between three rocks next to a tree in the middle of the open of shelter woods and he hit it despite the fact he came from the opposite side of the map he hit the one trap i placed and he hit that trap because he was trying to avoid hitting traps but i understood how he would path based on where he was going to be and where he was trying to go and the fact that he knew i was hag and would be making efforts to avoid hitting traps those are anchor traps they're traps that only gain value because there is a point on the map survivors need to go to and they are trying to navigate the map in order to avoid you they're the hardest thing to master about hag but absolutely the most rewarding when you pull it off it's getting value out of a well-placed anchor trap is kind of the epitome of read you like a book
1: (laughs) so mmr has been a thing in the game for a while now have you noticed a
2: significant change in your games? Honestly, my games haven't significantly grown more difficult, um, but they have gotten significantly more stale. So whereas I used to see a wide variety in tactics and perk pools and things like that among survivors, I typically see the same perks and the same strategies on every survivor or almost every survivor game now. So now there's very little variability in how my games play out which does make it very monotonous after a while. Oh, I, feel, I hear that. There's 104 perks in the game and I
1: see the same combination of 10 perks amongst the four survivors.
0: So we all know that hag isn't really meant to chase people. When So when placing
2: traps, where would you say is the most efficient places? Uh, traps at hooks on generators and in tiles are probably gonna be the most consistent traps that you'll ever place. Even if they don't always go off, they can still ward survivors away from an area. Um, a great example is if you're chasing somebody for you know a brief time and they go into a tile, if you set a trap, even if you set the trap in such a way that they don't know where it is, it makes it so that trap, that whole tile is effectively dead. So now either they're going to communicate to their teammates, say they're on communication uh, like voice comms, not to go to that tile, at which point okay, cool, you, you've killed the entire tile. Or they're not on comms, or they don't remember, and the next person you end up chasing tries to run to that tile thinking it's safe because they don't see you there, only to hit a trap that you placed the last time you were there. So typically those are going to be your best trap points as gens, hooks, and tiles. The hag can really shut
1: down loops with her traps, but sometimes when you place a trap, the survivors will just leave the area So how do you deal with those kinds of loops, and is faking trapping a good idea as well?
2: I used to try and fake traps a lot, and I don't typically find it's worth it, because what ends up happening is skilled survivors will realize you've faked the trap, run to a different loop, and then go back to the initial loop that you had left while you're trying to chase them back and forth. I, it's typically better to actually physically put the trap down and just kill the tile entirely so that they're unable to go back and try and use it for additional time. As far as survivors who just run away from the loop, that's fine. You'll get them later. It 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 just it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. You're going to place your traps. You're going to build your web. You're going to lock down all of the areas. And at some point, they're going to have to try and get past you to get to your generators and try and break your three or four gen and they're going to get chased, and they're not going to have anywhere they can run. So it doesn't matter if they run away that time, you'll you'll get them later. It's the same thing with eating Decisive Strike as Hag. You just don't care. You pick them up, they, DC, they, they DS you, they run off, cool. Don't have to worry about it next time. You'll get them next time around. So
0: flashlights are the biggest weakness to Hag's traps. Is there anything that you can do to avoid traps being removed?
2: So, there are a couple options. Um the most common one of the defaults, and the same one I use is running uh, Franklin's demise from the Cannibal, so that when you do hit survivors, it forces them to drop their item, at which point it loses charges over time and then just is disabled. Now, if you don't have a flashlight or say you're playing for free and you don't have uh, the cannibal, so or you don't have yeah Franklin's hasn't come up in the shrine yet. There are a couple of ways you can play around flashlights. They are more difficult, but they are functional. Now, the couple of easy examples are blind traps, corner traps, and lure traps. Again, we're talking about the fact there's so many different ways of using your traps. Now, blind traps are pretty simple. Um, a blind trap is just a trap that is placed in such a way that as the survivor is passing, uh, pathing through a loop they cannot see where the trap is until they've already hit the activation range. So as they're coming, say, towards a window in, um, I'm trying to think of the name of the tile. Actually, if you say, say you have a long wall tile, so it's got like the long wall with the window and then the pallet on the other side. If you place your trap on the inside of the tile between the pallet and the window on the long wall, then as they come through the pallet, to path towards the long wall, they'll hit the trigger radius of the trap and activate the trap, and are pulled towards the trap away from the pallet, but you are between them and the window. So they have no time to use the flashlight because they had no way of knowing the trap was there until it has already been set off immediately by their presence. So that's a, an easy example of blind traps, there's traps that are placed where you just, you have no way of knowing they're there until you've already set them off um corner traps another one corner traps do not work if you are using rusty shackles by the way um which is why i say rusty shackles are not actually fantastic on hag they limit some of your options but corner traps are a trap that you place directly into the physical corner of an area now the reason these are so good against flashlights is the further you are away from the center of a hag trap the more your camera is pulled towards the center of the trap So, the more you are pulled physically towards the middle of it. So, by putting a trap directly in the corner, as a survivor goes to round bend, they'll be pulled face-first directly into the corner of the map, or of the tile, wherever you've placed it. Again, they can't see it before they've triggered it, and especially if you have issues with ping or anything else, it makes it very, very, very hard to avoid the trap, because they're walking directly towards you and into a dead-end corner. Uh, The last one are lure traps, um, which again is something I haven't seen anyone else use. So lure traps are not actually that far off from their name. You're using a combination of a very plain to see trap and a blind trap. What you're doing is you place a blind trap in an area where you've pushed a survivor who has a flashlight away from. So you're chasing them, they're running off. If you try and set a trap, they just come back and break it. You know They're harassing your web, they're doing their, they're doing their best. What you do is you chase them until you are at certain points where there is an opportunity to use a blind trap. Then you place a trap in the open where they can see you place it. And this is important. You want them to know you've placed the trap. You then continue to pursue them until you break line of sight with them, at which point you step around the corner and place your blind trap. The reason for this is your need to make sure that the first trap you placed is far enough away from the blind trap that they cannot use their flashlight to destroy that trap without getting in the trigger range of your blind trap. You are literally using a badly placed trap in the open to lure them into the other trap you've placed. Hence the name lure trap. And this is a way you can play around flashlights. This is also a tool you will use against extremely experienced survivors because a good survivor team will literally have one or two people who all they do is watch you place traps. And every single time you leave, they will immediately run up and break your trap. Constantly. So, Understanding how to manipulate field of view and lines of sight to bait people with things they can see into dealing with things they cannot is how you play around both flashlights and experienced survivors alike. It's hard to pull off, but again, it's where I come back to saying before that Hag doesn't need you to play to her weaknesses. She needs you to play to her strengths, and her strengths are using her traps in a wide variety of ways to combat all of the counterplay options that people have against her and uh, lure traps are a big part of that
1: as we covered the hag doesn't have much of a chase game unless you're using a chase build should you ever drop chase in order to carry on building your web or even to maintain or repair
2: it if it's been damaged constantly (laughs) absolutely constantly i don't typically recommend chasing on hag for more than about five to eight seconds outside of specific criteria um in most situations it's not worth it now there are exceptions um like say you've got two people dead and you've got two or three generators left you can just hard chase the last person like the third person down i don't play for, for four kills i play for the 3k since i hatches a literally a gimme it's a free escape it doesn't even count for mmr it's, it's literally a pity escape So I typically don't care about playing for the 4K. So once I have two people dead, I can just run down the third person and get them on hook and just camp them to death. And I don't care if the last person gets hatched. I've won the game at that point. Um, Another example would be if you have all of your traps down and you're able to chase survivors with the intent of trying to push them into your web, that's obviously worth it. Uh, Or if you have someone who's running into a dead zone. So there are times, and... Ormond's famous for this, where someone will be running towards Kill Shack, which is typically in the very corner of the map. And although the gen spread in that corner is not usually very good, there's also like one pallet, maybe two, and Kill Shack, and that's it. And Kill Shack is not a strong tile against Hag at all. So what ends up happening is you either have Basement, which is a Death Trap against Hag, or you have a hook that usually spawns on the back of Kill Shack in the very corner of the map. That's very, very difficult to deal with as a survivor team. So if I can get it down in that corner and hook someone in the corner of the map and build a web out from that player surrounding the nearest gens I can, even if I lose a couple generators in the the process, odds are that person's never coming off that hook. They will die there before anyone's able to get them because there's so few ways to get to them because they're in the corner of the map. There's no resources to use, even if they do get unhooked. And there's just so limited amount of pathways that it's very easy to trap to keep people from getting to them.
0: So the is very good at protecting generators. Do you let generators go that are outside of your web to protect a three-gen situation? Or do you not bother and just go for them regardless?
2: Absolutely you do, Um, it is a little bit map dependent, so for example, like maps like Dead Dog, you you basically just hold the 3-gen with the gallows, you don't care about anything else. Um, Maps like Shelter Woods, you don't usually get a really good 3-gen spawn, but you'll get, say, 4 generators that are kind of near each other, so you'll try to throw your web wide, knowing you're probably going to lose one of those 4, but you still want to kind of have a backup basically. And by having your web spread a little bit wider, the generators that are at the back of your web are harder to get to. So you're more likely to hold them into end game. Now, if you're talking about trying to hold generators at five gens, if you're against very good survivors, they're gonna break your three gen as time allows them to. And you're quickly going to lose the game as they just no longer need to interact with you. And you don't have the ability to really chase them. So it's it's very paramount as a hag to have that three or four generator um split up kind of lockdown i'm trying to think of a good exception but there's not really a lot as far as it being worth it not to just lock down the three or four now that being said you have all of your like you have all of your traps down your generators are protected there's no survivors in your web and say you're on um like azeroths for example Don't just stand in your web AFK waiting for them to do all of the other generators. Go pressure them. Even if you're just chasing around and you use like one trap here and there, don't just let them do generators for free. Again, you want to put them on a timer. Any pressure you get at all at that point is worth it. Just make sure you're keeping an eye on that 3-gen so you don't chase for too long with basically no power, only to find you gave up your strongest advantage to do so.
1: I can imagine that playing the hag on a PC can be more accessible since you can control her better and have a more fluid movement versus a console. Does it really make much
2: difference? And if so, do you have any tips for PC and console players? So unfortunately it does make a very big difference and it's sadly not something that you can directly get around. So while being able to say quickly flick around his hag is significantly less important than it is on most other killers, PC hags typically have two major advantages that come down to the same thing. Lag. Hag is actually double punished for latency in a way that I don't believe any other killer is. For example, if a survivor has 50 ping, and you have 50 ping, not terrible, decent values. When they set off a trap, there's a 100 ping delay before you as the hag are informed the player has set the trap off. 50 from the player to the server, 50 from the server to you. Then you add in your human reaction time to the latency. You activate the trap teleport. It takes 50 seconds for that to go back to the server, 50 seconds to go back to the survivor. You are effectively swinging at a survivor 200 milliseconds away at 50 ping. If a survivor is smart and doing things like um, spinning 180 degrees at the very edge of your trap trigger range and you have even a small amount of ping, they're already so far away, you likely can't hit them by the time you teleport. Console, unfortunately, typically has larger amounts of innate ping because it's going from... The game to the local servers like Xbox or PlayStation or whatever, which is then going to the Dead by Daylight servers, which is then connecting to say your like a your PC, for example. So typically speaking, console players have higher pain just because of the, the technology. And against ha- or as hag, with the way you're punished by lag, that's really, really, really hard to deal with. Additionally, PC players have an advantage that console players don't in that. It's very common for a PC hag to rebind their teleport key to something like a scroll wheel. So rather than constantly pressing, you know, the power key on your con- or your controller, they can just scroll their mouse wheel down and it triggers something like once every 20 seconds, or sorry, t- sorry, it triggers something like 20 times per second. That helps to eliminate the human reaction time issue and allows a Hag player to teleport faster on PC than they would on console. No matter how fast you're spamming the key on console, you're not going to be able to maintain, you know, hitting your power key 20 times a second every second for an entire game every time you play Hag. Even if you were physically capable of doing it as a person, you would destroy your controller trying which is actually another reason a lot of PC hags do rebind their key, is to avoid destroying their uh, keyboards. So console hags do have a couple of options to try to help with this, but you're not combating the lag so much as you're trying to set yourself up for success in other ways. The biggest, biggest, biggest hint I give is a lot of people on console playing hag feel that they cannot get consistent hits unless they're using rusty shackles. Now, Rusty Shackles are actually not helping them in this case. What's helping them is that the survivors don't know they're under threat, so they're staying on that generator for the hag to teleport, or they're standing at that unhook. But a survivor who's actually running and looping and watching for the traps and knows what they're doing is going to be able to even easier set your trap off and get away safely without you able to do anything about it. Although you do not have any trap trigger to warn them that the trap has gone off, an experienced survivor already knows it has. They know where the trigger range is. So they'll hit the trigger range and immediately turn around. So I do not recommend you using Rusty Shackles as a console survivor. What I recommend is you use setting speed. I highly recommend setting speed. And if not setting speed, then aura reading. Now, aura reading is not necessarily a strong add-on in Hag normally. But for console, what it can allow you to do is, as someone sets off a trap, if for whatever reason you are delayed in your ability to teleport, you can see where they are going to go, uh, up to five seconds if you're using the strongest uh, add-on. That five seconds of aura reading, cross-map by the way, (laughs) means that you can see if they are going to path towards another trap, Or if they've triggered the trap and they're running away immediately, like if they're trying to bait the trap out, basically. Now, if you can see that they're just baiting the trap and running away, save your time. Don't teleport. You're going to teleport. They're going to be too far away. They're already going to be running towards the tile. You've now teleported to an area you don't want to be in. You don't want to reset the trap there because now they know that it's there, so they'll just come back and break it again. And you've just basically lost a lot of pressure. With the aura reading, though... You also have the advantage of, they set that trap off, you're unable to teleport fast enough, you see where they are going, and you can see if they're going to hit another trap. That means in that moment, you are able to use the aura reading to see where they're going, to see where the trap is, to start activating your power key as fast as you can, to be ready for the trap trigger so that you can teleport as fast as physically possible. On top of that, using things like corner traps and blind traps to limit the survivor's ability to react to what you've done and to forcibly pull their camera and movement towards the center of the trap means that they are closer to the center. So even as they try to path away or to run through the trap, you're now able to teleport slower and still be within range to hit them. So that would be my strongest advice for console hag players is... Don't rely on shackles because they're only going to work against people who are not paying attention and they're only going to work against people who are stationary. You're far better off using either aura reading or setting speed and trying to set your traps in a way that pulls people into the center of the trap so that you are less harmed by the delay as a result of latency. So earlier on, you touched upon
0: um, survivors um, deliberately setting your traps off um so how do you deal with the people that are trying
2: to bully you the best advice i can give and i want to say i think i stole this from space coconut actually it was one of his videos ages ago back when he still played hag if a trap is set off and you teleport to that trap instantly and the first thing you see is the survivor running away who's out of range don't reset that trap they know it's there they're gonna come back they're gonna break it again and again, and again, and they're going to waste all of your time. Any trap you teleport to, that you teleport to on time, so you, you teleport it immediately, and you cannot get a hit off of it, is a badly placed trap. Don't replace it. Move it. If people are trying to bully you, placing traps in places they cannot see is the strongest thing you can do. Now, I do not advocate for chasing as heck. It's not worth it. But what is worth doing, depending on the map and depending on how open it is, open maps are very bad for Hag. typically, you'll chase someone for, again, that five to eight seconds and you're trying to get them to break line of sight. Now, something to be aware of is because survivors are third person, just because they break line of sight from you doesn't mean they can't see you. It means they're standing around the corner, well away from you, because they they're under no threat, you're too far away. And they've turned their camera so they can see around the corner back to you. So if they go around a right-hand corner, you need to move to your right so that you can place a trap that they cannot see while trying to use the camera to see where you are. By repositioning your traps, they still know you've trapped somewhere. But by repositioning your trap when they are unable to physically see you, they actually have a much higher chance of triggering it because they don't know where it is that being said i also actually recommend moving the trap further away not closer if you can now the reason for this is as you pull your web back you threaten less and less and less of an area and if you allow people who are bullying your traps and bullying your web to keep pulling pushing you back and back and back you are giving them more free space that's safe for them to move by pushing your web out you actually force them to trigger the trap earlier potentially getting a hit if they again didn't see you placing it, and now they have to be more wary the next time they come back in. Now obviously there's a limit to how far out you're going to go to place a trap, but changing where it is both on the map as far as where you were hiding it, but also the distance from where they are coming you were hiding it from can make a big difference. Um, Another thing to keep in mind is experienced survivors will hit your trap and immediately run away the best survivors you'll know because they will hit a trap and they will 100 percent instantly turn exactly back the way they came and boot it in that direction because they know there's no traps there they just came from there the counter play to this as hag is actually the same thing as with circle of healing with circle of healing a lot of people think that it's the death of hag it's not it's barely an inconvenience It's actually bad for survivors if you know what you're doing The reason is that things like that make survivor pathing predictable. If I know where you're going to go, then I can account for that. So for example, with Circle of Healing, the best thing to do is if you hit somebody and you notice they keep running back the same direction. So they always seem to move to the same area of the map. It's not worth your time to go running across, you know, Coldwind to try and find some totem off in the middle of nowhere to, to snuff it. You've got gens to protect. You don't have time to do that. What you can do, though, is as you see that survivor heal, especially if they keep coming back and harassing your traps, you know they're going to come back. And you know which direction they're coming back from. Let them. Don't replace that trap. Let them come deeper into your web and purposely go around them. Because you know where they're going to go, you can trap the path they will take back to where they think is safe. So when they do hit a trap in your web, you teleport and hit them, they immediately start running back to their safe spot, and they hit a trap 35, 40 meters away that wasn't there when they came in. Now you teleport that way, uh, to that one, down them, and then carry them cl- as close to your web as you can without having to worry about losing them. Then you build the trap web to encompass them as well. So now, their safe spot, their circle of healing, or their running back to this tile over and over again while breaking your traps, is actually what got them killed. Never, never, never be predictable against a hag. Because if the hag can figure out what you are going to do, you're already dead. Thank you for coming on, Gray. It's been a great interview.
1: Yeah, thank you very much for coming on, Gray. It's been great.
2: Thank you for having You've me. You've been a lovely guest. This has been a wonderful experience. I'm very honored to be a part of this project and I, I look forward to seeing it grow thank you thank you very much
0: well that was a great interview and there are many more like this to come you can either go to into or search your favorite podcasting app where you can listen to more episodes for people on apple podcast why not give us a review and if you're on spotify then just give us a rating this was recorded on Patch 5.6.2. We've also set up a Twitter account, so you can follow us there. At Into the podcast, and why not tell a friend about us? I would like to thank Gray for agreeing to do the interview and for everything else. Tofat and myself, Jamie Lee 2K. All links will be in the description of the podcast. And we hope you have a great day.